Welcome back, everybody. Episode two of Casual Gaming, a Millennial Gamer podcast. And on today's episode, we actually got a fun one. Uh, it's a long one, too, but uh, really, really good stuff. We've got a buddy of ours by the name of Nick DeRuz, owner of Toad Hall Records and Books in Rockford, Illinois, brought him on to talk about pinball machines. Um, you know, pinball is kind of the start of gaming, at least for, you know, I feel like our generation growing up, going to bowling alleys, jumping on pinball machines, maybe waiting to get your food with your family and seeing that nice, shiny, bright lights all flickering in the distance, asking your mama for a couple of coins to go slap the paddles a little bit. So, uh, we're going to jump right into it, but before we do, please make sure that you subscribe us on YouTube. Uh, find us on Spotify and pod, um, Apple Podcasts. We're on there right now. So we're just going to get into it right now, and uh, we hope you enjoy. Uh, thanks, guys, for tuning in. Uh, we're, we're super excited about our guest this week. Uh, we have our friend Nick Naruz. Uh, he's been a dear friend of ours for a very long time. Um, I've known Nick since kindergarten, um, and, and Rai joined our school, our, our grade school, a little bit later on, but we've all become close friends over the years. Uh, we spent a lot of time gaming over at Nick's house, a lot of LAN parties oh, with Halo. Many. Um, that's the, uh, yeah, that's been the kind of the good times where we met Dodge and, and some of our other friends as well. Um, but I got to know Nick at a young age, and uh, over the years, we, I, we spent a lot of time together. I'd go over to his parents' house, and his dad actually was a uh, very savvy with uh pinball machines there's always pinball machines everywhere parts everywhere uh all over the place garage it, it was it was all over the place and they always had a rotation of pinball machines um in their house and and uh we're excited to kind of get a chance to talk with them because if you really think about it pinball machines are really kind of like the start of gaming um and, and nick has a lot of really good information about pinballs pinball machines and and kind of how they've developed over the years um and we're really excited to talk talk to him about this so thanks for joining us nick yeah, thanks for having me on the show, guys. We want to get started off by just kind of, you know, seeing how how you kind of got started with us, how how we became friends. You know, what are some of the early memories of gaming that you have with us? Well, I mean, obviously, a lot of years back at the old Clarkstead, playing <laughs> yeah. uh, playing uh, games in the basement, and uh, you know, just summers. I don't know how many summers we spent out there just gaming like all summer. Sure, uh, playing Super Nintendo. 64 i remember you had a playstation and i had a nintendo so like i would go to your house and play ps1 games that i obviously couldn't get and sure. i played twisted metal we were playing yeah totally different you know how far well, back you... what, what, what like what what are we talking about what year are we talking about here ps1 uh... era what is that? Yeah, PS1. I mean, I got PS1 the Christmas, so, I think, after it came out. 97, 98, maybe? Yeah, probably right around then because there were some of the games. Like, I remember, like, some of the football games I had, like, Game Day 97 was on PlayStation and things like that. So, uh, but I, I do have a very, I think this was a PS2 memory, but uh, Nick, do you remember playing Silent Hill 2 in my basement by chance? <laughs> yeah. Very creepy game, by the way. <laughs> so, Pretty that was the shit first. Yeah, that was the first time where we played, you know, one of those horror type games. And, you know, yep. Nick and I grew up in a very, you know, safe kind of area and, and we didn't really experience anything scary like that. But, uh, yeah, that was kind of the first time where I was, you know, we were scared when we were playing a, a video game and it was it was addicting. It was a good time. Set the scene. We're in his basement and it has the surround sound on for a PlayStation 2. You're playing Silent Hill and it's a quiet game. It's just eerie. And he went into a bathroom 
And he's like opening the stalls, looking for goodies. Hits the last stall open, and then it's just like, what was it, like a knock? It was like it's like. So yeah, I think there was, I think what it was is, is you went into, we're in the, the mental hospital or the hospital in the, in the game and, and you knock on each stall door and then one uh -huh. knocked back. And, uh, I remember my younger brother, Jason was down there with us. And I believe Richard Land was down there with us as well. And we looked over at Nick and his head was under the pillow. And my brother made a scared. comment like, Nick, are you scared? And Nick's response was, no, my head's cold. And it was just. One of those moments oh, that I'll never forget. But you laughed. It was, you know, but you know, going back and forth, you know, going to his place, you know, those pinball machines were were something that we, um, you know, that was unique to you, Nick. I, I remember. I even tell my students that I teach now. I, my friend Nick has all these pinball machines, um, and it's just kind of crazy how your your dad kind of introduced that to you and and how he would go about fixing these pinball machines and using parts to kind of compare different things yeah there's Larry there. right there good man Blair. are you sitting good on man. a pinball machine there yeah me sitting on a paragon that is that's an old pinball machine there okay so that, when you say came with game room so that's gotcha. where it's at so when you say paragon can you explain what that is paragon that's an old valley the title of the game is paragon Okay. That's what that that's the name of that game. So I think I can I can kind of uh speak for a lot of people, including some of the people that are, are tuning in uh for this this episode. Um, you know, I grew up in, you know, I was born in 87. So we had this kind of like the arcade era, and, and prior to that was the pool hall era in like the 60s and 70s, where you know, pinball machines were like a big thing for people to go down to the pool hall, play pool, play some pinball play foosball, things like that. Um, but, but as I, as I talked to you the other day, that's not really when pinball machines kind of started. Can you get into how pinball started and in, in the time era that they began and what was the point of them? Well, yeah, I mean, pinball has a long history. It goes back to the 1800s. Um, obviously we all grew up in Rockford, Illinois area, Northern Illinois area. Uh, pinball is a Chicago thing. They were all made in, in Chicago. Um, uh, all through the 1800s, it was just kind of a, a like a bar hobby. But it was also kind of like uh, used as a trade stimulator or like a gambling device, which is why in the 20s and 30s, they kind of got into trouble because they were making payout pinball machines. Like if you're good, you would win nickels or dimes or whatever back. Sure. And then it's a shitload they got of money. into trouble. Back in the yeah. Day. I mean, back in the 20s and 30s. So... <laughs> there was a big like there's a famous photo you can find it on google easily it's a, the mayor of chicago kicking over a, pile, a pinball machine and they have a pile of them in the back and they're just burning them all it's because really? they they uh basically deregulated and say you can't pinball machines anymore so then we fast forward fast forward you know 20 30 more years kind of like my dad's generation when they're younger they had to like petition to say that it's not a gambling device um, because it was still illegal Wait, in some areas. Going back to like when your dad was younger, they had to petition for it? No, no, no. Before that. Before okay, that. Okay. I mean, this is, it was, it was, um, you know, it was illegal for a while and then it was brought back. Um, there's a whole, there was even like a Supreme Court trial for this. Interesting. Um, bring it back to show that it was for amusement and it was a game of skill rather than a game of chance. And, and, and just so that's oh, why we're talking about pinball machines, are we? <laughs> Some of pinball machines, yes. Yeah. 
Because remember, you know, they're like just like a slot machine. They had to differentiate themselves as a game of chance versus a game of skill. And that right. was that was why they wanted to divide that so that they didn't have to have any red tape, you know, because they had been basically, you know, outlawed because of that. Well, I find that interesting that you say that there's a difference between a game of skill versus a game of luck, because I feel like a lot of us that have played pinball machines throughout the years, you know, we put the quarters in and we just hit the flippers and try to get as many points as we possibly can. But that's not necessarily the point of a pinball machine. When you say that there's a skill behind that, can you uh, kind of expand on that for me? So, I mean, there's a couple of ways you could obviously talk about skill. You can be good. Like I can walk up to any pinball machine and I can use my flipper skills on any game. But I think what a lot of people don't realize when they first get into pinball or first play them is that it's a game just like any game you would play on a console or an arcade game where there's levels to it, there's objectives. Um, the older games were obviously very, like the 1980 games were very straightforward. You had to lock three balls, you get a multi-ball. That's kind of the highlight of the game. Well, as we went through the 90s, they kind of introduced modes where there's a dozen modes in the game and you, want, you put the ball in a certain spot and now you have to you know, hit the ramps, or now you gotta hit the loops, or now you gotta hit whatever to advance. And if you did all the modes, you got like a wizard mode, a final boss mode. And to today's standard, it's even more elaborate. Now it's, you know, they've gone even further with the rule sets. Well, I remember you having some of those kind of later games. Like I remember the South Park pinball machine actually had like the 3D screen on it that could kind of project it onto the, the, um, pinball machine as well. Um, so they definitely made a lot of kind of cool changes over the years, but I, you know, when you, when you say, so just, just to kind of clarify, when you say like, there's eventually you get to like a boss battle, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you're playing ghostbusters and, and you know, you're, you're trying to get to that, the final boss, um, if you beat that final boss, what, what then if you're not, if you still have, you know, some balls still left, like what, what happens next then? It just starts over, starts over. That's really cool. So you loop all the way, you just loop all the way around the game, and then modes usually get harder. So instead okay. of having to make two shots, you have to make five, or the time amount. So yeah, you hit thirty seconds, talking, and you have ten seconds. We're, we're talking about a, a fairly sophisticated um, concept on a very what seems to be a very basic uh, type of game. Here we ha- we have a slanted board with uh, you know different ramps and and, and holders and, and things like that, but really. Yeah. It, it, it can think it, it moves along with the game yeah it totally changes play and the newer games are really good at this i mean you know me and my dad talk about this all the time like how many different games can they come up with in this four by two box like right how can they keep making original ideas out of the same thing they've been making for 40 years right realistically and they do i mean and they do it through rules typically the rules are the biggest thing that changes the game and you look at each game, they're really not that different. The bottom third or half of the play field is almost always the same. Right. So so they are not changing much other than art, programming, you know, digital graphics, music, rules. And the rules are the biggest thing that changes the game. That is so interesting. Wow. So when you talk about rules, get into rules for me real quick. Because, like, th- like, obviously for me, like, pinball in my life has been uh, just – either at an arcade or showing up at a bar and just, just simple, small, quick entertainment. Um, yeah. that yeah, I, I literally like my mindset has always been just, uh, score as many points as possible. 
and not really look Which at the board. True. And I've always looked at the board and I'm like, what the hell is, what is all this stuff down here? You know, and I just don't yep. understand. Got a lot of lights. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so talk about the rules. Like, what, what are we talking about? Here? Well, there's a lot of things that go into this. So, I mean, first of all, you do realize when you put your dollar in, those games are designed for three minutes. You, you get like, that's the, as an operator, because I do own these games on location, I have them around town. The, the sweet spot is three minutes. You put a buck in, they want you to get three minutes to play. Any, yeah. any shorter, you feel ripped off. Any longer, you can feel bored or that the game's too easy. Got it. Especially okay. if you don't know, like, there's an objective. Like, if you don't realize that there's objectives, then it just feels like you're just slapping this ball and it's just bouncing around, right? So that's and then you lose your ball and you're gone in, in a minute. You're gone and you're done. You're like, mm -hmm. I'm wasted. I'm not doing this again. No. So, you know, it's designed. You got to remember, these people who did pinball machines, Bally Williams, they, in, the, in, in 1999, they quit making pinball machines. They make slot machines now. To this day, they're oh. all located. They moved from Chicago, Illinois, to Nevada, Wisconsin, or Nevada, Wisconsin, Nevada, Las uh, <laughs> Vegas, Nevada, and they all still make slot machines. WMS is now the rebranded Williams, and Bally is just still operated under Bally. So interesting. Uh, they, you know, they knew where the money was. They could sell a lot more slot machines for a lot more profit, and they switched in the nineties. All right, so um, but uh, no, back into the rules. Yeah, so, go ahead. No, well, right. I was going to say, I was gonna, yeah, talk to me about the rules because then I got a, I got another follow-up question that I want to figure just because like for someone like me, approaching the game is very different for somebody that knows what the hell they're doing like you. So I have a follow-up yeah. after you explain this rule situation. Okay. Like I said, the rules in the 80s are very simple. Like my firepower, you, know, you got pictures of this. My firepower back here, it's literally hit six targets and lock a ball. So you lock three balls, you get a multi-ball. That's it. That's that's 1980. That was like the creme de la creme in 1980. And that's a fun game too, <laughs> right? You should bring yeah, that picture because that's a cool. And, and people talk about like you know what makes a good game. I'm like, well, it doesn't matter how new or old it is. It could still be a kick-ass game from you know even if it's very simple. It's still a good game. So you get to the 90s, and I was talking about modes where you like on Apollo 13 here. You have to hit a certain shot. It's a mode start. There's like eight modes on it. And one of them's hit this ramp to go to the moon. Another one's a video mode. They were playing around with like different little video modes on the screen. Another one's, you know, hit the orbit. And you would have like, I don't know, 20, 30 seconds to hit it four times. If you did, you got a like a jackpot. Like, oh, you did, you completed the task. Here's your reward. That was pretty much all 90s, 90 to 99. That's even into the 2000s. That's pretty much the rules. Like start to get, you know, get through the modes. You can beat all the modes, which is pretty hard to do. You get what they call wizard mode, which is usually like a huge multi-ball. Like everything is super high scoring. It's like a big celebration at the end of the game. It's really and cool. now <laughs> yeah. the modern era, which is even getting even crazier, is they're altering these rules. They're making, you know, with modern technology, with, you know, computer technology, they can, you know, make the rules more complicated. You can stack modes now. So, like, you could start a multi-ball and you could start the ramp mode, both going at the same time. Or so you, so you, can, so you can strategize. Like, I won't start this mode until I get right. the multi-ball ready. Then I start it and get double scoring for everything. 
Like, and, and I, I've watched you play, Nick. And for those that haven't watched somebody that really knows how to play a pinball machine, it, it's extremely impressive because um, the the flipper skills, like you kind of spoke about earlier, um, are, are essential. You have to know the angle of how to hit, the speed at which to hit. I mean, watching Nick play pinball is is unlike anything I've ever seen. Like it's, it's really unique style to play a game like that, because once you understand those modes, then, you know, you know what you're shooting for and what's important Mm -hmm. and and how to kind of progress the game then. So you can move through the game like you normally would if it was a joystick, you know? Right. So my follow-up to this perfect piggyback off of that for somebody that like, for me, I don't know, like when I walk up to a pinball, like literally the, the only objective that I'm thinking about is how do I score as many high points? And to get that free match ball number situation at the end that gives yeah, you that basically like free end, point. Yeah. Um, so like when you walk up to a game, like how do you knowing what you know and that there's rules and like how do you like take a look at the game and go, all right, how am I going? Like, do you have a system when you strategy. walk up? Yeah, do you have mm-hmm. a strategy when you walk up to a machine or you're like obviously there's no instruction manual on the side that says this is how you have to play this game, or maybe there is, and maybe I just, you know, too ignorant to to look, so, but like, what's the, uh, there what's is the a situation? photo I shot? I shot you a photo of it. Okay, we'll it's put on it up. Bottom left hand corner of each game. It's a real quick rule rundown. In the bottom left corner, it's like a little instruction card. They, okay. they, they have it on the games today. But the biggest trick, because pinball designers have been trying to solve this issue for the last 20 years, of how do we make it simple so that people can walk up and learn it, is whatever's flashing at that. It's that simple. So if you play a game or you're like you play a game a little bit, you'll realize that like they'll have arrows like in front of the ramps or like the shots will flash. You're like, oh, I gotta hit that one. Okay. They've basically dulled it down to that point to try to just hit like you. If you went in an arcade today and you played the new, like I got a turtles premium here. If you walked in and played the new whatever, just do that. Just go play and hit the flashing stuff. That's all you gotta do. We talked earlier in the week too. Um, there's a uh, a sticker that has to go on every single game uh, to make sure that people know that it's not for the gambling. Because, like you said, pinball machine originally was almost like a gambling machine. Um, I just found that unique. What what is that sticker? Just to, to kind of let the, the listeners know. He's got a photo for this. It just says "for amusement only" on the apron. The game, that's cool. the lower part of the game. It says, "I." It's on my older, my '80s games, but. Mm-hmm. By the time my new games don't have them on them anymore, but for a long time, they always stuck it on there because they didn't want to be a gambling device. We don't want to get in trouble. We want to keep right. some games. So, uh, so let's, let's kind of talk about some of the, some of your favorites over the years. And what are some pinball machines that as you were growing up uh, were really influential for you and, and kind of stuck with you? Like what are some really unique ones that you've enjoyed over the years? And then also what are some uh, new ones that are coming out that, you know, if someone's looking to buy a pinball machine, uh, like I, I've always been interested in, in purchasing one. Uh, what's one that might be coming out that would be cool for uh, for someone to check out? Well, back to my favorites. So my dad still has a decent lineup. He's got about eight or eight or ten games set up. Indiana Jones has always been one of my favorites. Yeah, <laughs> um, Attack from Mars. It's like a Mars theme. He's got uh, Twilight Zone. Oh, that was a cool uh, one. So yeah. let me, can I, can I talk about a couple of those? Cause I remember those being at your house and I remember the twilight zone one being unique because the, is it, is that the one where in the center of the board, there's like the, the whirlwind and that the no, ball that would cross. 
one has. I remember, you probably I remember, remember almost like a black hole. And it would like spin, and the ball would like it was almost like a magnet. It almost like pulled the ball to a different direction. Maybe yeah, that wasn't. Yeah, you're, you're making that. Well, up. You're probably thinking of Adam's family, or like there's magnets on Twilight Zone that act as clippers. You gotta remember these guys are always searching for really cool, different ideas. Yeah, they usually get good at it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so yeah, he's got some. You know, we kind of have. You know, we've built a nice lineup over all the decades. We've kind of kept the favorites and sold off all the old, other ones. Sure. Um, through the years, we just kind of kept who we liked. Even some '80s ones like Valley and Valley Centaur and a Fathom. And um, I know this doesn't mean a lot to you guys, but maybe some viewers out there might know those names. Sure, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I think my well, even- I, I, I my my like you know coming to your house was just so cool. And I think I my first time going to your home was when you had that new addition built. Um, I think it had just gotten done when, when I first was able to come over to your house. And we really, when we started to hang out, we were gaming. Um, and I just remember seeing all the pinballs and I was like, holy mackerel. I mean, what, this is just absolutely fantastic. I've always wanted a pinball machine. Like I've just, yeah, always, but, it's, just yeah. it's just like one of those game things where you've grown up and you're like, oh man, that would just be so cool to have. And you didn't have one. You had like so many of them ridiculous then we go out into your garage and you have them stacked up your dad would have them stacked up in the corners just you know ready to be shipped out or or whatever but i'll tell you one moment i'll never forget after i think this was you know you know after we had already been gaming halo and you know been doing that for a while but i'll never forget walking up to you and saying what my favorite pinball game was and we all come from the same town. Uh, we all grew up and graduated from Durand, Illinois. And there used to be this bar in Durand called Gallagher's. And we used to go there for lunch and whatnot. But they always had a specific pinball machine there. And it was, and I, I know you're going to know the name of it, but it was a castle. And when you hit it into the castle, the objective was to get like the castle to blow up. And I'll never forget when you finally, like you brought, you got it and it was in your house. At one point, yeah, it was like medieval medieval, madness. There it is. I knew it. I knew it. No, that is that was just. I'll never forget being like, "Holy shit!" There it was because I have so many great memories of my my grandfather taking uh, Jay and I up to this 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 bar in Durand, and that's all we would do is just throw quarters in this thing and just you know try and get the castle to explode. Who knew that there were rules? You know that that's still that's still like the number one rated game of all time. You're kidding. Is it really? Yeah, <laughs> That's awesome. Super highly rated, super sought after. Um, I actually own a remake. So it was so popular that this new company came and remade them because there weren't enough out there for the demand. Unbelievable. So what, what, what is, uh, if, if a listener is thinking about getting a pinball machine, what, what, what kind of money do you think they'd be spending on something, uh, you know, on average? I know that there's some that kind of, depending on what you're you're looking for but what do you what's someone on average kind of starting out that they would spend on on their first one you're probably if you're gonna buy something new which i almost kind of recommend it if you're if you're new to pinball you can get a pro for about 5500 5800 um you can find a premium around seven or 75 and you can find an le or like a higher model they're gonna you're gonna spend probably around 10 grand for that jeez now Pinball is unlike a lot of things. Now, like a car, the values go up on them. So, and as they go out of production, they become harder to find, the values go up. So like Evil Madness I bought, I bought it 
in Kansas City, which is like an eight-hour drive from us, or ten-hour drive or something. I paid eighty-two hundred dollars for that game. It was it was brand new. It was eight thousand. So I drove my ass all the way to Kansas City and paid two hundred bucks more than it was new. Brought it home. I've had it for I don't know three or four years now. It's worth ninety-five hundred now or ten grand. So when people are very like, oh, I don't know if I want to spend that much money. Like you also have to realize, like if you buy a new Star Wars Pro for fifty two hundred or fifty five hundred, you play it for two years, and he's like, all right, I'm done with this one. I want a different one. Like you're gonna get five grand, or if you did nothing to it, you'll get five grand. So yeah, you, you, it, and you sell it yourself, you'll get all your money back. It's it's a it's a slight investment. Like it's almost like you, yeah. you have this niche of a thing where you can you can purchase one for that much sell it for basically what you purchased it for, you know, with it being used um, yep. and, and, and get something new. And so you're, you're basically trading one for another, essentially. Is the trading market uh, a big thing? Do they do, do owners trade um, yeah. pinball machines for other ones? Yeah, they do all the time. They'll say like, I'm looking for, you know, I have this, I'm looking for this, 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 and I can add or subtract cash depending on condition. Um, but the pinball market in the last, since the pandemic is just, up even further i mean it's i've watched it go up for 30 years so um but it's definitely you know everyone was stuck at home this last year it's definitely uh the pinball is definitely research again for it yeah so uh what's uh what's a you know last kind of thing here what's a a new game that's coming out that might be something that uh uh is kind of like highly anticipated in the pinball world i guess you could say everything's pretty tight-lipped now they don't really leak much anymore um but they have, you know, I love the Jurassic Park. That's a pretty new game. I just bought a Turtles Premium, which is, you got a picture of that. Um, and, I mean, they just did, let's see, what else is coming? They had the Guns you had and Roses, Jack. You had mentioned a uh, Stranger Things one. I think the last time we hung out when I was back home, that Stranger Things came out to like a limited edition one or something like that, um, which yep. I thought was kind of cool. Um, I'm a big Kiss fan and, uh, you know, yeah, Kiss back. Sure. So those are those are some cool things. Um, so where can somebody go to find, uh, you know, maybe a place where they can look at some some pinball machines that they can maybe purchase? So to purchase, um, I would by going and playing pinball first of all. So go to like app.com, which is a great resource to play pinball. It's nationwide. You can type it in, put in your zip code, and they'll say, "Hey, here's the seven bars. Here's the games they have." And you oh, go nice. and play them. And before you buy any game, I highly suggest you go and play sure. 15, 20, as many as you can. Because everyone likes something different, just like everyone sure. likes different, you know, things on the console. I kind of re- I so, kind of uh kind of relate it to almost like buying a guitar. You want to, you know, test a few of them out, see which ones sure. feel good and, and which one you like and and kind of go from there. And cool, it sounds man. like it's almost right. like an investment, right? I mean, it's like you're buying something right. that potentially right. could have value well right well it will have value the question is well how will i have a lot more will it have the same or will it lose just a little it's very safe you're not going to lose your ass at pinball that's yeah. that much i got i got one i got one question um that i that i want to ask you just because you've been running these things so one of the reasons we wanted to do this right is because we wanted to uh to do the podcast video series whatever you want to call it um mm-hmm. is uh, being told through you know the the millennial right and so 
to me, when I look back, we were talking about this in our first episode of, you know, just kind of the progression and the evolution of, of gaming. And just for me, like arcade is kind of like where it started for me and how I really enjoyed mm-hmm. and kind of probably got into to console games. What is now that you're running games and you have machines basically all over where you live and you actually have a, a game route, if you will, uh, what's the mm-hmm. demographic like right now? Because like in my brain, I'm kind of thinking that, you know, the Gen Xers or I don't even know what generation, two generations that are. I don't even <laughs> know what matter. my son's generation awesome. is right now. <laughs> like I just like, do they even know what to do? when they when they see a pinball machine you know what i mean like what what, what are your demographics yeah. on your machines that you got that you got out there it's well right now because obviously there's a lot of boomers that are retiring they got extra coin for something to do they're buying games and they're playing games you got your gen xers which are getting out doing stuff the millennials are a huge uh huge bridge in the market which actually five eight years ago like so pinball wasn't doing so hot in the early 2000s. Like wow. it was not doing well at all. Like it was doing almost, I don't want to say it's almost gone, but it was hurting. And when they bridged that millennial gap, it was like Christmas for them. So when you started seeing barcades eight years ago, yeah. you know, we're like, oh, come play for free, drink beer. Yeah. That was when they got the millennial. And when they got the millennial, they were like, we're good. Like, yeah. We're, yeah. We're good. So that's Those another. For 40 years those beer caves you know th- those are getting popular especially i remember you know in chicago there's a bunch of like like small breweries that even have them in their own now you know in, and in rockford as well i know we've gone to a few where your machines are, are located um so yeah that, that's really awesome um well nick hey we thank you for all the information man uh we really appreciate yeah. it um i, I want to make sure that you uh you know give an opportunity nick you you also own your own business and you have uh, a unique kind of uh uh, kind of setup that you have. And I think that the, the viewers would like to hear that as well. Can you tell us a little bit about your store? Yeah. So I have, we have Toad Hall books and records. Actually, Ryan's wearing my shirt. Uh, one of the shirts, it's a uh, vintage record book and comic shop. Uh, it's a like, hundred year old buildings, three, two stories, uh, basement, main level upstairs, all full of old, cool stuff. Um, it's awesome. We also, we sell online, so I sell yeah. on eBay. We have our own website. We're actually expanding this year, and we're going to hopefully be selling beer and have pinball machines. So oh, we're awesome. going to branch into that whole part of it too, and maybe sell so, games. We've always sold games, so we'll we'll be sure. And, and, and in the description of the video, we'll be posting links to uh, your, yep. your store's website and, and things like that. So I, I highly suggest. Uh, all, all listeners to, to at least check it out there there his inventory is unreal he can um and the the family that runs that that uh that store is is like a second family to me they will take care of you um when when something's if something's not right um but they have everything that that you will need there's vintage vinyl uh there's new vinyl uh books you know dvds uh i, I put in a dvd purchase at least once a month probably over the last yeah. few months and then i I get a good shipment of stuff. So um highly suggest just checking it out. Um, Nick, we really appreciate you being on, man. Um, and again, you're a good friend and we've had some good times and I'm glad we can uh, continue on doing stuff like this. And, uh, you know, if there's uh, ever anything you, you need from us, obviously you can reach out to us and we'll be sure to to put those that information in the, in the description. And uh, please, yeah. viewers, check out his store. And uh, thanks for having it. Thanks for being on, man. 
Absolutely. Anytime, guys. Anytime you want to talk pinball or you want to go over a game, whatever you need, I'm more than happy to do any shows you need. All right, last, last thing, Nick. Oh, last yeah. thing, Nick. What's your What's your gamer tag? And what's a game that you're playing right now? Gamer tag was Theta. And Dodge can attest to this. We were in a mathematics class. Took <laughs> together a couple of times because we didn't make it the first time. And, uh, yeah. Theta was obviously a calculus term, and I just stole from that. What I'm gaming now, you guys got to get on the LVR set. Oh, oh wow. wow. You know, Nick's always got the goodies. You, He's always got the He's goodies. He's a man of retro taste and pulls out and pulls the high-tech McGee. Yeah, you got the VR wow. pinball machine in there, don't you? You're probably playing VR pinball. <laughs> I have no, no PS5. I have no PS4. No Xbox. I'm a Switch and a VR and pinball. I love it. Awesome. So, That's yeah, awesome, yeah. man. Well, hey, Nick, yeah. thanks a lot again. We really appreciate it. We'll uh, we'll keep in touch. All, uh, and, uh, you know, maybe we can do a follow-up episode in a, in a couple weeks and, and see, yeah. you know, where we can go from there. You know, Nick had some really awesome things to talk about. It just, even just talking with him about some of those pinball machines brought back a lot of awesome memories of, uh, of gaming with him. And, and he's such a, a good man. And, you know, I've known him for so long. We all have known him for so long. And, and I still didn't know the knowledge that he had with all those pinball, uh, kind of facts and, and stories behind how they've been created. So, um, I, even as a friend and someone that we've talked with for a very long time, that was uh, an awesome and enjoyable time. And I'm, I'm glad we're able to have him on. Um, earlier today, I was actually talking to Dodge about it and him and I talked, we got Dodge. We were probably talking for like two hours almost about just gaming and then some things with, yeah. with Nick's interview. Um, and you had some, some good points. What were a couple, uh, well, first off, what are some memories that you have of the pinball machines? And then what are some things that you thought were interesting that Nick had to say? Well, yeah, uh, some of my memories are even just from like Halo Night when we started doing that. Um, my introduction to Nick was like all the pinball machines and all that stuff. So um, it was very cool and a new experience. You know, I've never mm-hmm. <laughs> seen that. Too, you know, yeah. Like, and, yeah, like, uh, you know, you go to clubs or whatever as a kid or random places and you see these things. But and then to get thrown into that world like that it was really cool. Um, it, it was like yeah, everyone's dream. For, Right. Like yeah, when you were yeah, growing up, yeah. it was like, that's just, what you yeah. wanted in your house was like a bunch mm-hmm. of pinball machines. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I guess it's, yeah, that idea of that, you know, it's just such a physical thing and it's a fun thing. And, you know, obviously the fun of it is the art on it and the lights and sure. all that stuff. And it's almost you know, it's like nostalgia. Like, it's nostalgia using nostalgia. You know? <laughs> it's yeah, a yeah, nostalgic yeah. game using a nostalgic theme like indiana jones like he talked about that was one of his uh ones that he kept on held on to over the years but uh, yeah so yeah but what what is uh what are a few things that he brought up that you found interesting because there was there was a lot of cool history and stuff like that that he brought to the table and that i had no idea about right yeah as far as the history goes i mean i had no clue about you know a lot of the gambling stuff how they were kind of like seen as a gambling machine or you know kind of used as those at first or you know uh but i mean uh so in terms of like Nick, you know, yeah, when he was talking about the rules, you know, I know that was kind of one of the main bits in it, but yeah, like, cause, and you brought up how awesome it is to watch him play. And it really is. He's mm. like really, really super good at playing football. Like <laughs> it's me- up mesmerizing like, figures <laughs> it out. Yeah. And that's like, I guess that's what I found really interesting too, is how like 
I guess he's just so, uh, you know, in tune with that, you know, getting ready to like find out the rules and like, you know, that really immersive experience of like figuring all that out with each individual pinball. Like, it's just crazy to think that they all have their own separate, you know, kind of deal. So I was thinking about it earlier today. I thought I, I, I text, I was going to text him about it uh, after the show here, but I was going to tell him he should do a Twitch stream of him playing pinball. That'd be awesome. There's probably yeah. not a single Twitch stream on pinball. And I think that would be cool. You know, that would just be, would a, be unique, cool. a unique Twitch stream. But, uh, but yeah, I know, right. What were a couple things that uh, stood out to you? Oh, the whole thing. I think the biggest thing for me for, you know, as he was talking through is like that there's actually like a there's set objectives with each game. And like, I think I told, you know, I think I had said during the interview, like, how do you know when you walk up to the game and you know how, like, how do you approach this? Like when you get up to it, do you already like, are you looking around for like mm -hmm. certain flippers and toggles and whatnot? <clears throat> and uh, he gave a pretty nonchalant answer, which was basically like, well, no, Rye, you just go look on the side of the damn machine and it's got the yeah, whole, it's got the instructions right there. It would, is more than that, though. Like, no, it is. Yeah, 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 it totally is. Because I've seen him go to a, uh, a place that has pinball machines, and he scopes them. He 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 does the little walk by scope, and he yeah. sees which one. And I'm like, which one are you gonna play? He's like, oh, I think I'm gonna try that one over there. So I don't know. He he, there's more of a method to his madness than he says there is. That's for sure. <laughs> I, just, I just pictured Nick, you know, like that. You know, at a bar, like how you would go to pick up chicks. Like, I think I'm gonna go talk to that girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm absolutely. Gonna go, I'm gonna go try that He's out. No, but out. I thought <laughs> I thought the whole thing was cool. I thought it was really cool to know that the pinballs like is a midwestern thing. I mean, the primarily yeah. like all of them are made Chicago. in Chicago, which is really mm -hmm. really cool. So, mm -hmm. and you know, but I don't know. It's interesting because really isn't weird. like uh, isn't the dartboard guy from? Illinois or Wisconsin as well, I thought, or one of the dartboard manufacturers. Probably. I, I would imagine so. I would imagine so. Um, Jay, what about you, man? What was something uh, that you, you thoroughly enjoyed about Nick's content? Uh, two words. Wizard mode. <laughs> yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. Um, never knew that existed. If I would have known that, you know I would have been pushing to get wizard mode. <laughs> you would have been jiggling yeah. on cords to try to find the wizard mode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought that was really interesting that there's so many layers upon layers where he was talking about how you can like stack, stack, I don't want to say levels, but they're almost like levels, you know, like get all yeah. the loot or get all the ramps and then you stack them and stack them until you get a multi-ball because then you get double points. So I didn't know any of that existed. I thought it was all basically the same. So along the lines with Rye, I did not know about those rules and how there's kind of like a level and a boss. Like you beat the boss, yeah. you get wizard mode. Yeah. Um, that was totally interesting. Um, as well as the Chicago aspect, I did not know that either. Um, also very cool being, you know, born in the suburbs of Chicago. Um, and Nick is actually my second friend that owned a pinball machine. My first one, I think you all know him. His name is, Brian, do you know who the, what the answer is? Oh man! No, you I, don't. No. Justin Tanute had a pinball. Oh, Tanute! Oh, what was so, his gamer tag? We were trying to think of it the other day. Schnooks. Schnooks. There it is. 
Oh, that's who Schnooks was? Yes! Yeah. I remember seeing that on some Xbox, and we were like, yeah. Schnooks. And I, yeah, some of us did not know. So, that's funny that story, was. really okay. quick, side note, at, keeping with the whole, you know, with Nick Naruse and his house, Jay brought to new yeah. to mm-hmm. a halo night one night and that's yeah. why you probably yeah. saw that on one of the xbox yeah yeah well, we were all hyped up on mountain dew oh <laughs> oh yeah we were yeah yeah oh and the oh, two yeah. the two large large saminos on wednesdays yeah. too came flying in we'd get that every oh, time every, you guys would have been digging probably <laughs> i would have been leaving my dip cups all over the place probably yeah. just pissing probably him off that yeah. was like before energy drinks really, really took off. You know, everybody was on dew still. Yeah, right? code, yeah. Red. Code, code red. Code red with the gaming. Yeah, code red. Yep, absolutely. But, uh, but uh, yeah, very- yep. we uh, we we really we really appreciated Nick again. Uh, I know he's not on this ep- this part of the episode, but I uh, want to thank him for for taking the time out to yeah. talk to us. Um, guys, uh, we're we're excited about some of the episodes that we have planned for you here in the near future. Uh, please continue to tune in, tell your friends, um, share it on your on your social media, whatever you need to do. Um, we're going to be kind of filling up all kinds of different... We're going to cover a lot of different uh, content. We're going to cover old school gaming, some of the stuff that's happening right now. Um, and, and we're excited for the things that uh, we have lined up for you. And I hope you guys enjoyed the first episode. And please uh, subscribe, do those things, hit the like button, all those tricks and whistles and things like that. And thanks for the bready. Thank you for the breadies. All right.